is a serial entrepreneur. And this episode, you will hear that for her, running a business and having kids are very similar. And that is exactly what makes her story even more interesting, from the way she talks about the problem solving and social focus of women entrepreneurs, to her story about exiting her first business. Honestly, when she talked about her exit, Zoya and I didn't have anything else to add. That was exactly the same way the process went on for us. It's so good to be here again talking with you and I will share with the audience that we are re-recording this conversation because uh, we met personally, fortunately, in Belgrade in 2019 and we were already planning this She Rocks project but still we redesigned it uh, and in this new format we really want to have you in and to have your insights and your story because this She Rocks global show it's about showcasing perfectly perfect women with incredible stories from around the globe and you are definitely one for us so first of all uh, I welcome you but I also encourage you to introduce yourself well thank you thank you Marka it's it's nice to uh, hear and see you in, in this format again uh, hopefully we will meet soon in person and thank you for the chance to share my story it's always a challenge to explain yourself with a few sentences, but uh, what I concern, how I uh, address myself these days is, in the first place, a human being who thinks and works on uh, making this life uh, better for myself and others. I, uh, I work mainly today as a, a business mentor and consultant in different kinds of programs and cooperating with different kinds of organizations in the field of social entrepreneurship in the first place mostly with women and young people, depending on the programs. And I also have my own uh, mentorship program for people who want to start or develop their businesses. So this is my main thing right now. And before this, I had my own social enterprise, which I started now uh, 10 years ago, 12 actually. 12 was when the idea was born and two years it took to actually develop it and make a product out of it. I started the company with my friend and we produce uh, washable bamboo diapers for um, babies here in Serbia because we, we didn't have any manufacturer here. So we were the first to offer them uh, in our market and to bring this kind of product. So this was something that I, I was on this entrepreneurship tri uh, trip, adventure, how, whatever I want to call it, <laughs> uh, for seven years. And three years ago, I decided to exit my company uh, because I wanted to pursue more into the career, uh, career of mentorship and supporting others because I think this is the, the field where I can make more impact and uh, be a part of larger system in a way. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I can't wait to keep going this conversation and I have so many questions to ask you, but I also want to introduce Zoya, also both from Belgrade. How are you today, dear? Hello. I'm perfectly uh, uh, good and so happy to see Sonia, although over uh, the screen. But this is the pandemic times we are all facing now, so let's keep it rolling, as they say. I love that and also love this, that the world is smaller than ever because I'm in Montevideo, you are in Belgrade uh, and the show must go on. So let's keep on showcasing amazing women. Uh, Zonia, 
the first question I would like to ask you, what brought you here? All that success stories you shared with us, all that experience, what do you think brought you here? Well, I always, I mean, when I look back at my life, I'm 42 right now. Uh, and when I look what are the most maybe important uh, things that I did or that made me who I am today, one of them is becoming a mother 12 years ago. And the other one is actually starting my own business. And I consider these two paths really because I started them in a way uh, in the same time and developed them together. I really see many similarities. Uh, and I think this is something that really helps makes us who we are, you know, because before you have kids, you have idea what kind of parents you will be. And then when you have the baby, all of your theories and ideas go to <laughs> goes away and you're like, what do I do now? And I think it's similar with the business. You know, we have an, an idea how we, how we want our business to look like, how we want to feel about it and how we want our days to look like. And then you just get into this crazy adventure and nothing's or n not many things turn up uh, the way we thought about it. But it really builds us up. And I think uh, when I look back, I think what uh, motherhood brought to me, what becoming a, a mother brought to me is to be more brave uh, in my life. And what entrepreneurship uh, brought as a new perspective is to to always find a new solution, you know, to always find a new path. And I now see that these are some patterns that I have in a way installed uh, even from my family, from my mother. And now I recognize them clearly and I consider them actually in a way to be uh, a very good reason uh, why I do what I do, why, are, why is it imp important for me to help others, you know, why I see so many value in helping others actually to find their path and their perspective and to really believe there is always, you know, different kind of ways how we can solve things and to, to do our, our part of the work. I loved your answer and I love that comparison between being an entrepreneur and a mother because definitely they are really related and the thing about that the journey I, it's never what you expected. Also, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I have to interrupt here because Maka has a really great story which maybe she'll be willing to share. When your friend uh, was angry uh, at you for not uh, coming to hospital, you remember when she gave birth? Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't have kids, uh, but I always think of my projects as kids because you need to give them unconditional time, like it never stops. You can't you can turn them off or give them back your projects. And I think with kids, it's quite similar. Uh, and once my friend of mine like called me to say, hey, I, I am a mother, you haven't been here to, to meet my child, my baby, like this is a unique experience. And I shared to her, well, when I opened my first startup, the first co-working space in my country, you, you never come to. It's already four years old and you never came to visit. And for me, it was also as important as, and maybe I cannot understand the power of being a mother, But I also don't think everybody can understand what it means to start your own company. So thanks for that. Sorry, Sonia. Well, I think it's this very similar energy. I mean, I consider my business uh, to be a, a third child to me. So that's why. And I think this is one of the things that we get. I, 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 I cannot uh, say if it's a good or a bad thing, but I think uh, this is something that maybe sometimes make 
more difficult to us than, than it should because we get too emotionally attached to our businesses, our ideas, and that's why it's hard for us to, to, to take a step back and to really see, you know, what we can do or, or what would be the best part. But I always like the anecdote that says, you know, usually people say that they want to start a business because they want to be free. They want their, you know, to have more time and everything. And they say, it's like, you know, you say you want to have a baby so you can get more sleep. You know, it's incredible. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Not at the beginning, at least. But I think it's, it's, it's definitely has the same energy because, you know, you see your, your, when you start a business and you had this uh, crazy enthusiasm that you want to do. And when you see your idea really grow, growing and Im impacting other people, you know, how, they, how you collect and, and make some kind of community around it. This is something that really can bring a sense of uh, peace and, and purpose in, in other people's lives. But Sonia, if I may uh, jump in here, uh, both of you shared something very important right now, and that's uh, Maka said you can't leave your project uh, behind. And then you also said that you get attached uh, to this project and your business like uh, it's your third child. But in your story, you actually at one point decided to let that project go. Can you maybe drive us through that story and how that happened and what felt uh, how it felt doing all of that well to completely answer that question I, I would like to go to the beginning of the story because I never planned actually to start my business and I never considered myself a good material for entrepreneur I didn't have any good examples in my own family or in my, in my own surroundings my parents belonged to the to the people who work in, in the same company for their entire career. So it was completely one model to, to, to look, up, look up to. So I, I actually worked 10 years for um, different kind of companies here in Serbia. And I consider myself a great employee for some other, in some other company. So that was my top, you know, uh, when I think about my life at that point, that was my high achievement, how I, I perceive myself. But the wish to start a business actually came out by just wanting to, to find a good product for my kid. And this is something I think why I entered this whole story with not many knowledge, contacts, idea how it will look like. I just wanted, you know, to see if this is possible. And one of the things is, was that I was at that time freelancing as a designer from my home. I had a small baby and that gave me some room to actually start to play with it. But I, I never started a company uh, with an idea to become a startup. I didn't start my company with the idea that one day I will, you know, solve my company or I will exit. I just started to build up and to see where it will go. And on this, on this crazy journey, I realized that in order to, to build up my, my business, I have to build up myself. And that was one of the things that really was challenging and also uh, something that I'm very grateful for because I entered a lot of um, networking events, uh, informal education and everything. I finished complete uh, NLP trainer education during my, my, my uh, entrepreneurship journey. And all this brought to me uh, an idea that even though I had crazy experience with meeting incredible people, traveling to crazy places where I never imagined I would reach and 
stepping out because I'm what people usually don't know when they see me uh, in some events or conferences. I'm very introvert person and I like to stay home, read books, watch movies, and that's it for me. But in order to pursue my idea and to really share it with the world, I have to get, you know, I have to get up. I had to go with people to talk, to, to use every chance that I have to share this idea because when you have some innovative pro uh, product and when you're w working with someone uh, with something that people don't know what really is, you have to educate them, you have to talk to them and then to sell it. So it really changed how I, I approach things. And I always say when I work with others, you know, if you're really up to do whatever it takes to bring this idea to life, you will go, you will overcome yourself. That this is the most important thing in entrepreneurship. And at, that, at some point during my um, NLP uh, journey, I, I came to the conclusion that I'm not satisfied with how my life looked at that moment. And I first thought that it's just because it can, it, the reason could be that I'm just tired, that I need, you know, vacation and that. But when I gave myself time to rest, to, to go out, to, you know, to, to experience some other things, I just realized that there is a deep feeling inside of me that maybe there is more for me than just being, you know, part of, uh, part of this company or building this company. And at, at, at some point I realized that I... I did everything that I wanted. My wish for uh, for my company was to make this product, to make it available in Serbia. We also exported in in in, in the region countries. We sell through uh, large retail shops uh, here in Serbia. And at some point, I realized that my idea was, you know, like a kid. It was all grown up, and this was the moment they, that I could let it go. You know, I could just put in some manager that could manage business and I can move to other things because at that point I was already involved in two or three mentorship programs and this was something that really brought a new energy to my life. You know, this was something that which I, when I had, I don't know, to make some kind of presentation for them, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, while everybody's asleep and work on my PowerPoints and my slides and everything because I wanted to make it look good. And it was the job that I, I wasn't even paid for. It was my pro bono, um, pro bono thing that I did because I consider it important. And also, uh, on the other hand, because I was 50-50 with my, with my uh, friend in the company, there were some personal, um, how to say, like, in a, like an emotional, uh, when you have emotional relationship, at some point we just split up with the idea how we want our business and life to look like. We all have gone through some changes and I realized that our values are not the same and I just felt that you know, this is something where I should let go. And it wasn't uh, an easy decision, absolutely. Like like we said, it's, it, it involves a lot of emotion. And if I don't count the, the, the days when my, my kids were very small and I didn't get sleep because of that, it was the first time in a long year that I couldn't sleep at night because I was thinking, who am I if I leave my business? You know, who am I? Do I have the right to do it? Uh, at that moment, a lot of people who knew me um, uh, remember, had, me, had me in their phones like Sonia Die Die, which was the name of my company. They didn't have my last name. My last name was my uh, business identity. And, and I, I questioned myself, you know, who will I be if I exit this company? What, what will be of me? And that was one of the greatest battle. And it, and it actually took me close to a year to think about it and to start talking with other people 
and to find the way how how I can you know transit through this and what are the outcomes that can uh, what are some exit strategies that can be uh, worked out. I'm so so grateful what, for what you're saying because I think Zoya and me we've been there both of us and it's incredible yes. because we haven't talked about this before but we have the same conversation about ourselves. Uh, I, I had the same conversation with myself uh, some time ago when I exited my first company uh, and I want to go back to this about build up myself in order to build up a new company or a new life uh, and I want to talk a little bit about your TEDx Vienna experience because I think also it was about going out of your comfort zone absolutely yes <laughs> it was yes it was six years ago actually I didn't have so much public speaking practice as I do today and it was one of the challenges when my friend invited me to be and it wasn't in my city it wasn't in Belgrade which would be a completely different situation for me it was in Vienna in Austria uh, and my first thought was this is not my city this is not my people you know I can go out with uh, in front of uh, 1000 people which is the biggest crowd I have spoken until today and just share my story in English, you know. I, I, I just had so many excuses why I shouldn't do it. Like, my story is not good enough, my English is not good enough, I'm not interesting enough to be part of the TEDx. And the, the strange thing is the, the name of the conference was Brave New Space. And at some point during our conversation, when she was giving me the details, and she, she called me like two or three months before the conference, Uh, on one side, you know, I had the, all of these excuses, like my inner critic was wild, <laughs> widely free. And on the other hand, I had this small little voice that just said, you know, this is this question you will get once in your lifetime. So think wisely what you will answer, you know. It's not like you said now, oh, no, this is not the, the good time for me. And next year they will call back. This call will probably never happen again. And I realized that, that this could be a challenge for me. And one of the things that I shared in my TEDx talk in the beginning is how I actually wanted when I, I was a little girl, I wanted to become a, a librarian girl. I wanted to just sit around with books and not, not have too many interactions with, with the people because I understood books much, much more easier than, than the other people. But then all things that happened, you know, and everything that's with starting the business, with becoming a mother, with how I built myself through these years, is actually something that brought me to, to, to come out and, and share my story. And of course, before I um, entered the scene, uh, I had this like um, nice dress and the microphone and, uh, and everything. And, and my knees started to, 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 you know, to shackle and my throat felt really sore and like I had something in it. And I was like, oh, oh this is not happening. You know, I have to overcome this. I have somehow, I have to overcome my, my own fear of facing it. And I just thought that, Among these 1,000 people, if there is one person that I can really, you know, move or help in a way with just sharing my story, then this is the most, this is more important to me than feeling the fear that I have. You know, I just put this one imaginary person above everything else. And I was like, if I can help one person, that is enough for me. You know, I, I, I cannot, uh, definitely I cannot, you know, uh, engage 1,000 people probably, but one person is enough for me to go over myself and do this. And I, I entered the stage and I started to talk and people, I, my husband was in the first row and I was like, he was the only person I knew in this audience. 
and I started to talk and the girl from the first row was giving me signs that they don't they can't hear me my microphone wasn't working but because we, I was in this superhero stage you know I, I, I was like I'm sharing my story no matter what you know I was just like what my mic do- doesn't work and I just turn around and the guy from the backstage was bringing me the microphone so on the on the on the, uh, when you look at the, the YouTube you can see me with the, this Madonna mic and the mic and the clicker I have everything and I just brought out the full story and even when I watch it today I'm like oh I should be doing uh, you know there are things that I, I could done done better but the thing is after afterwards there were a lot of girls that approached me and they said it really they, it was uh, important for them to hear it was inspiring motivating but there was one guy it was a guy it's very interesting it was one guy, uh, very tall. I mean, I'm one um, one sixty, so he was like twenty, thirty centimeters higher than me. But he was um, he, he looked like he wasn't aware of his own size. You know, he was with his shoulder on on the back with some winter jacket and everything. And he asked me if he he can just say give me a feedback in a way. And I was like, yes. And he said, you know, uh, when you said that you were a shy kid and how you love spending time with books and how you overcome yourself and now you're here today sharing your own story at the TEDx conference. I thought if she can do it, maybe I could do it. And I was like, and he was like, thank you. And I said, no, no, thank you. You were the guy, why, you were the reason why I came here. You know, you were my one guy. <laughs> so thanks exactly. for that. Yeah. And this is something that always keeps me going. You know, when I feel... I learn along the way to accept my fears as challenges, but I always see what could be bigger than this. You know, what's not to give value on myself, but to give it to others. You know, what can be bigger out of my fear so it can be a path for me, it can be a guiding star. Uh, And Sonia, when I hear your story, would you say that uh, was that only the internal conversations which you had uh, with yourself? Or something else also helped you say yes to this TEDx talk, uh, prepare yourself for that TEDx talk, be the person who, when you are in front of 1,000 people and then they say your mic is not working, that you are the person, oh, no problem, give me another one and I'll just uh, go on. So who, what, uh, what happened, what got you in such a short time from this person, I'm afraid of this audience, to the person that rocked it? Well, I always, uh, even from my early age, I always had a, a, I I cannot explain it, actually. I always had a feeling that I'm in a way taken care of. I have a brother and a sister. I'm a middle child. And according, I mean, when I look up our life together, for some challenging parts and times that we've gone through, I somehow think that I was in a way taken care of more than they were by faith, God, universe, whatever you want to believe in. And I think that my wish to help others came from that feeling that everything, for me, everything will be okay. I grew up with, a, uh, we, grew, we grew up just with our mother and she was very, and she still is incredible person who really have a solution for every kind of problem. You know, she's a, she's a lady that when your when your house, uh, when an, anything is broke in the house, you know, she just took, she took, the, she take tools and, and put everything apart and look at it. And she's just, just trying to fix things, you know, even if she doesn't know a thing about them. And I realized that this is something that is really imprinted in in my uh, persona, my identity. But uh, and I think what 
uh, why people resonate in a way with me is because everything I do is really who I am. It's really, you know, what I sent to my completely. And I always had a feeling, and I think everybody actually has, that, that, that there is more to me, you know, than, than what I do. There is always, and I think this is what keeps us operating. You know, this is what, what drive us because you know you can do better and you know there are great projects to do and great places to see and great people to meet. And this is something which actually give you a, a reason to, to stand up every morning and do your best with whatever you do. I love to listen to you. I love this conversation. Definitely, like, I, I, I'm really grateful because you, said, you mentioned a lot of stuff that I really feel identify with and I think we share similar challenges. But I think I love the way you put it into words and how clear you are about this, that it's not only about building up myself, that is the, the first point, but also about impacting on the others, inspiring others, and having like that commitment with the rest, that it's not only about me or the other, we are all together on this. And, and as I always say about gender equality, it's, we are all part of the problem, but we are all part of the solution too. Uh, Zonia, what personal challenge are you trying to solve right now? Oh, uh, uh, well, it's, I don't know, since we are recording in the time of the pandemics and the situation is different globally, uh, I think uh, right now I'm very grateful for everything that I have and the chance that I, uh, the project that I'm working on. And it, it's something that I try to explain to people. Every time I, I sit down to work on my mentorship program or, or some workshop material on, or anything, I just feel very grateful for the chance to, 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 so this is my job that I do today. It doesn't mean that it goes always easy. It goes, you know, it's, it just goes smoothly as possible. It has its obstacles, but I put my gratification above it. So yes, uh, during the pandemic, it was time, it was a challenge for me to keep my motivation up, you know, to keep some kind of routine because every, we, we, there is four of us and a cat. Uh, that are sharing the same space, the same Zoom channels, you know, the computers and everything, all the resources. So it was quite a challenge to find a, a new rhythm, how we can operate as a family. But I think when, and I think what uh, exiting my company really brought up to me is, I was, uh, why was I so challenged what will happen, you know, later? But what I feel today really strongly is that I'm uh, working and living uh, aligned with my most values, most important values. And I think when you operate on this level, then everything's come with ease. So I, I, with everything happening around us, I just focus on the good things and leave the fear in, uh, behind. And I don't let it, you know, get in because I think that's, that's at this situation, I, I cannot, I mean, my, my point of view is that I'm not, scared of the virus, I'm more scared of the people in the media and everything that's happening on, on the larger scale. And that's why I think that now more than ever, it's important for the good people to stand together and to really show what we can do, you know, by sharing our stories and helping each other and raising each other up. And uh, now when we are talking about the pandemics, uh, because we heard all of this story of what you did, but tell us what is your like problem, challenge, however, issue in this pandemic? Did you gain weight? Did you start drinking alcohol? <laughs> what did you do? Like, uh, because I think all of us 
are coping with it, uh, trying to stay normal, trying to stay organized, to do the work, to uh, keep the relationships. But there is something that we notice that is different. What is it for you? Well, at the beginning of the situation, I actually felt quite good because I'm an introvert and I was like, great, now I can stay home and do my thing and I don't have to meet other people. So for the like first three months, I was like, everything is going my way. I was working on my mentorship program. I recorded the lessons. I put it online and everything. But then actually what uh, uh, what shaked me in a way was when the second wave or whatever we were, second phase of the uh, crisis happening in Serbia. And it was connected with some demonstration and people going out to the streets. And that was something that really upset me. It wasn't the virus, but the things happening on the streets where young people were uh, beaten by the police and everything. And this, this was something that, I mean, this is like our history. So whoever doesn't know about Serbia, Yugoslavia, Google it a little bit. It will be interesting for you. But this is something that I saw 20 years ago. And I just felt pulled, you know, back 20 years. And I was like, I don't want to see this scenario again and now I have kids so I have completely other emotions evolved around it and um, I did some uh, I, I tried different kind of stuff so in the first phase I tried to, uh, to have my daily routine you know to do exercise to to walk to talk to people and that kind of stuff but when this happened I was like confused and I saw that I, I'm not feeling very good you know and then it took me like 10 days to, to get myself up and see okay what do I need you know and then I realized that Social distancing, as they call it, doesn't mean we have to be emotionally distanced from each other. Even if we cannot see each other and we cannot hug and speak in person, we can still get around and discuss how we are approaching and overcoming this situation. So actually, I put up a, a public call through my email list and I have I have 500 people on my email list. So, so I'm not a huge, you know, I don't have a huge community. But I put a call and I was like, if you want to talk, you know, just to open a, a space online to talk, how do you feel and what are you doing to feel yourself, to feel better? I'm here. And if five people apply, I will open, you know, this Monday, like Zoom calls. And within one hour, I had five people. Within, I think, 24 hours, I have 30 or 40 people. Today, I have close to 60 of them. And we meet weekly on Mondays to start our weeks. And we just open the floor. I, I said, you know, this is not, this doesn't actually look like me. I'm a, I'm a librarian girl. I like to put things on shelves, you know. And I just did this completely without any agenda, without any few, <laughs> nothing, you know, no idea. I just said, I don't want to, to give any lectures or anything. If you have some questions, I will answer them if I can, or we will invite something to, to someone to, to talk about it. But I just wanted to open a space and to talk to people who uh, I know or don't know and to see and to share, you know, what are the places that you, you went and see and there were, you know, some nature sightseeing or some movies that you watch or some books that you read and just to exchange that kind of information in order to help each other to go. And I think the most important thing is to actually to, to talk and to see that we are not alone in this. Uh, especially when I work with women today on their businesses, this is something when, when I, uh, you know, when I first um, put them in one place, when we have a workshop or something and then we have like 20 people together and, and that thing, it's usually the first time that they approach that kind of program where they come to contact in other, with other entrepreneurs. And when they see that they are not alone, they see that they are not broken. They see that it's a normal part of the path. 
And I think for myself, it's the most important thing, you know, just to have someone who will, you know, tap you on the shoulder and say, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay. You know, this will pass, you know, and to give you some ideas how you can easily, and then you will find your own pattern, whether it's an exercise, whether it's, you know, drinking, whether it's cake eating, whatever works for you, it's fine with me. But just to let you know that you're not alone and you're not broken because of it. Wow. Thank you, Zonia. Uh, I, I, I'm really enjoying this and I'm sure our audience will too. Just to wrap up uh, and to sum up, uh, what makes you rock, Sonia? <laughs> like what drives me in a way? Hmm? Well, uh, I really believe that we all have a part in this, in this picture and I think our job is to do our part, you know, to do the best we can. And what drives me, ideas drives me. I love ideas. I, 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 to, I am totally driven by ideas and the people behind it. Uh, and this is something that really keeps me uh, sometimes awake at night and gets me in the morning to, to, to rock on. So I think this is something that I really believe that the ideas can change the world for the better. And you already had several uh, which are changing the world. So from the social enterprise to now helping women, uh, it, it seems like you're driven by this uh, higher mission in a way, looking for some bigger meaning than just uh, profits and building business. Well, uh, yeah, from my experience, just to, to wrap, it up, uh, wrap it up, but I think women are uh, naturally uh, dro driven uh, to social entrepreneurship. We are driven to building businesses with impact, with import, you know, with something that adds value, that solves problems. This is something that where we feel we can take care of, you know, this is, this is something that I, I, can, I can help you with. And this is something that's really imprinted in us uh, deep down inside. That's it for today. Thank you. Enjoy this conversation. Thank you, Zoya. Thank you, Zonia, for coming once again. Uh, we couldn't miss all this amazing story and all your projects. And we really want to keep on hearing from you and count on us uh, in whatever we can be of help for that community and for that purpose to have in life that will definitely make the, place, the world a better place. Thank you and keep rocking, girls. Thanks. She Rocks Global is a podcast collaboration produced by Macarena Botta, Nwabi Samayema, and Zoya Kukic. This season of She Rocks Global was recorded in the American Corner Cape Town, which is also where you will find our sound engineer, T. Kry Gekana. Theme music for this podcast is composed and arranged through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sagasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T Luminous. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases the stories of perfectly imperfect women from around the world. Should you be or know someone whom you think we should be talking to, please contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter channels. Handle She Rocks Global. Hashtag SheRocks. Until next time, keep rocking.